You're listening to the Straight Up Saints Podcast. What's up, Buddha Nation? Welcome back inside another episode of the Straight Up Saints Podcast. It's your host, Chris Rosvoglu. Make sure to follow me on Twitter at Rosvoglu Report, on Facebook at Straight Up Saints, on Instagram at Saints underscore straight up. And if you want to support the podcast, you're a big fan of it, and you want to be entered in some giveaways, get some exclusive content and early access to every episode, you can join the Patreon page, which I'll leave in the description to this episode. Now, a couple of topics I want to talk about um, for this podcast in particular. No guest for this one. I will have a guest on the next episode of the Straight Up Saints podcast. But for this one, it's more about touching base on what's going on with the Saints, what's been happening in training camp, the latest news, comments, reactions. And we got an interesting comment from our man Cam Jordan, which I will discuss in just a minute or two. Um, I want to talk about Drew Brees, his new discovery that he's had when it comes to his arm strength and how far he could throw the deep ball, which is really interesting. That might have a big factor on this upcoming season. I want to talk about this bubble that the Saints have created for their own team and whether or not the NFL has to adopt a similar plan. And I also want to talk about the roster cuts, what the Saints are looking like and what their mindset is going into the 2020 season because there's so much uncertainty. But I'm telling you guys, as a Saints fan, as someone who's been monitoring this team, I feel very certain that it's going to be a good football team. Whether or not they win a Super Bowl, I cannot promise anything, but I think this is a team that will compete and a team that will continue to have success, at least regular season success, that is. So let's get into it. Let's talk about the first thing on my little rundown here for today, and it's Cam Jordan. Cam Jordan was on uh, Good Morning Football from NFL Network, had some interesting comments to make, uh, and he was asked about Tom Brady joining the Bucs, how that changes the division, and here's what Cam had to say, and I quote, They've got the second greatest quarterback of all time right behind Drew Brees, and now we've got a head-to-head two times a year. We've got our work cut out for us. And then they have an addition. You, you bring in Rob Gronkowski and LaShawn McCoy. You already have 2,000-yard receivers and Chris Goblin and Mike Evans. This is a team that's fighting for second place. And there's your quote. The ending. There's a team that's fighting for second place. Here's the reality. A lot of people aren't happy about it. A lot of people are saying, well, there you go. Cam gave them bulletin board material. And when you give bulletin board material in a division that has Tom Brady, the initial reaction from fans is... But it doesn't have to be that. It doesn't have to be this, you blew it, you gave up bulletin board material mentality. I tweeted about it, and I feel pretty strong about this. I think this comes down to the mentality the Saints have had, the mindset that they've had. And yes, Cam Jordan does a lot of talking, but guess what, guys? Cam Jordan does a lot of walking. Rarely, if ever, does Cam Jordan say something and not show up. The man is always there for that defense. He is the heart and soul of that unit. He's the best player on that defense. And I think he has earned the right as a captain, as a great man, to constantly put himself out there if he feels necessary because you know Cam Jordan will step up. And he's done great against the Buccaneers in the past, against that O-line. I think he continues that success. But let's talk about that comment. Is it true? Um, are the Saints a team that's in first and, and the Bucs are playing for second? I think the answer is yes. And obviously, it's it's easy for me to say. But you look at the division in the last three years. You have a team that has won 11 games, then 13 games, and then 13 games again. And the rest of the division had their shot. We saw the Panthers when they were good with Cam Newton. We saw the Falcons have that run with Matt Ryan and Kyle Shanahan. And they went to the Super Bowl just to have that 28-3 to collapse. Had to throw that in there, of course. The division for the last three years has been the Saints for the taking, specifically the last two. Um, I know they won in 2017, but the Panthers were a playoff team and the Falcons were a playoff team. 
Since then, look at the landscape of the league. The Falcons have not gotten better. If anything, I think the Falcons might be in trouble because what did we say last year as fans? We said, man, when they get rid of Dan Quinn, it might open some things in division. They might find themselves a really good head coach. But Dan Quinn plays himself and coaches himself into at least one more season. So I think, if anything, the Falcons might be a little stagnant there. How about the Panthers? A first-year head coach with a first-year offensive coordinator entering a season with a new quarterback, with new weapons, with an entirely new defense. And guess what? It's a shortened offseason. They don't have OTAs. They don't have rookie minicamps. And guess what? Maybe, just maybe, the Panthers might be good in a year or two. But it's not this year. So much uncertainty, so much roster overhaul, so much overturn on the coaching staff. I think it would be a ridiculous task and ridiculous request for anyone to say, hey, Panthers, be good this year. Now, will the Panthers be exciting? Will they be entertaining? I think absolutely. Teddy Bridgewater is a great young man. I think Christian McCaffrey is such an electric weapon. And you have other guys like DJ Moore, Robbie Anderson, Curtis Samuel. So there are pieces there. But that's too much to ask for a first-year head coach with a quarterback who is finally going to start all 16 games, or at least that is the plan, for the first time in about four or five years. Too much to ask for that Panthers team. So that brings me to one more team, the Buccaneers, who I do believe are fighting for second place. And while a lot of people will tell you, hey, they got Tom Brady, this is a team that you have to watch out for, Super Bowl contender, again, this applies similar to what I said with the Bucs. This is a team that, yes, didn't have that much roster overhaul, but guess what? They have a new quarterback, and their new quarterback now has to get adjusted to a brand new offense. While I do not think Tom Brady is going to struggle to learn the terminology, Tom Brady is a guy who now, at this juncture of his career, is going to thrive in the short passing game. Well, guess what? Bruce Arians is a guy who loves to have his quarterbacks throw it deep. Now, do I think that Bruce Arians and Tom Brady aren't going to work out? No, I'm not telling you that. Uh, I don't want to get your hopes up. It's August. Uh, you know, it's, it's nice outside. We're all enjoying the summer. I don't want you to think it's going to be, a, a, you know, the Saints are going to cruise through the division this upcoming year. But what I want you to know from now is that the Saints are absolutely the team to beat. The Saints have every right to say all the other teams are fighting for second place in that division. And I don't think there's anything wrong with Cam Jordan letting Tom Brady and the Buccaneers know, hey, this is our division. You got to win it. You got to, you want to win it. You got to come through us. And I think that's very important. Okay. Cause a lot of people, when it comes to Tom Brady, say whatever he says is golden. Whatever he does is amazing. Whatever he touches turns to gold. I get it. It's the allure of winning six Super Bowls. I totally understand it. But Tom Brady's going to a franchise that hasn't been good in like 18 years, that hasn't done much over the last two decades. And now we're supposed to believe just because he signed there at age 43, nonetheless. He's just going to magically change the franchise. I'm not so sure about that. I hold the right to be skeptical. I think their schedule early on is pretty tough where they might get, you know, a little slow out of the gate. Um, And the other thing about the Buccaneers, might I add, you know, everyone was going crazy over this LaShawn McCoy signing, which again, at this stage of his career, he's not anything special. This team, albeit has a lot of star power, unlike the Saints, there are noticeable gaps. The offensive line is not that good. The running game, they don't really have an identity there. The secondary is not only just not talented, it's very young. So even your good players in the secondary are so inexperienced going up against a team week one with a quarterback who is just as experienced as anyone, excluding Tom Brady. So I think there are holes on this Bucks team. I'm absolutely okay with Cam Jordan's comments, but I'm interested to see what you guys think. Are you guys the type of fans that say, oh, I wish you didn't say that, or you're like, yeah, Cam, talk your shit. Trash talk, do whatever you need to do to have that mental edge when the Saints 
and the Buccaneers play week one uh, at the start of September. So that's interesting, and I definitely have no issue with it. So let me segue into my next point. Uh, I want to talk about this bubble that everyone's talking about. And I, I've discussed it, I believe, two episodes ago. Um, and I was saying, hey, look, bubbles work. You see what's going on in the NBA. You see what's going on in the NHL. And on the flip side, you see how the MLB is just absolutely into a whole shit show right now. You have some teams having outbreaks. You figure out that some teams went out to party and that some teams is the Marlins, by the way. And now, every other day, it seems like we're saying to ourselves, man, does the MLB season have to shut down? Will they keep going? And that is the scary reality you may have to enter with the NFL season because you can't bubble. And while we all would love to see them do a bubble, I am a realistic person above all. I don't want to be an optimist. I don't want to be a pessimist. What I want to be is a realist. And a realist, knowing the way the NFL functions, there is no way on August 3rd at this time of this recording, the NFL is going to change their mind. They would need a serious outbreak. And I'll tell you what, the COVID list for teams is not nearly as bad as the NFL thought it would be right now. They thought it'd be 10 times worse, in my opinion. And because it's not that high, um, I think they're going to see what happens, how the numbers look in two weeks from now, when people start practicing, do they stay low, are guys disciplined? Uh, And I think it'll be very interesting. Uh, And I think because of the roster sizes, the coaches, the fact that you're basically going to be taking 80 guys per team into a bubble, that is the reason why it won't happen. The NFL can do a bubble. Whether they want to is the question, and I think the answer for that is no. But the Saints, unlike other teams, unlike the league itself, are going out of their way to make sure that they provide a safe environment for their players. And I found this really interesting, and Peter King was the one to break this down. So it turns out that Sean Payton has the the players, the coaches, the front office personnel, team doctors, the support staff, all of them are basically, uh, the word that Peter King, well, it wasn't quarantined, but he said they sequestered uh, at a hotel near the French Quarter, um, and they're going to be there until the season begins. And this was the quote from Peter King, and I found it really interesting. It's not a bubble. It's a sequester. The message from the league is the show must go on. If so, we've got to do everything we can to be sure that happens. And while this isn't mandatory for teams to do this, I think there's two reasons why Sean Payton's doing this. One, Sean Payton, remember, he had COVID earlier this year. We're all worried about what happened. He's been through it. He knows the experience. He knows how to, he knows you know how it feels to get the virus. That man is going to take it, I think, more seriously than any other coach in the league. Uh, I think he's such a smart guy. And I think the other thing that plays into this is the team. The Saints. I know a lot of people just think if your team's not thinking Super Bowl or bust, why are you playing? But here's the reality, guys. There are about ten to twelve teams a year that are realistically in this Super Bowl, Super Bowl bubble. Uh, you know, they're at the lunch table, at the conversation where you could talk about the championship, and everyone else is on the outside of that. The Saints are firmly in that position, and the Saints are on that point. And with the way the last three playoffs are gone, it's no more screwing around. This is strictly business. Go in, get the Super Bowl, get out, enjoy the rest of your year. And while I know the Saints can't really. Uh, while they can protect themselves personally for now, they cannot control what every other team does. But the fact is the Saints are sending a message. We are about our business. This is strictly about us playing football and being healthy and making sure we do everything we have to do to be in a position in February to play for a Super Bowl. And I think what the Saints have done this offseason, and this is before they even showed up for training camp, they have said they've all been about Do your business. Take care of yourself. Make sure you're putting yourself and the team in the best position to succeed. And remember, when the NFL wasn't sure when they were going to have training camp, when they were going to open the facilities, Sean Payton flat out months ago said, I'm going to have the guys stay home, work out, 
you know, do virtual meetings. And when training camp begins, that's when people are going to come back. Now, it actually helped that no one else came back yet because COVID was still running rampant in the United States. But the Saints were literally prepared while other teams might go back for mini camps and such to say, hey, guys, don't show up till training camp. Why? Because Sean Payton, one, has a trust with his guys. And two, the message is so clear within that Saints locker room. This is not about fun and games. This is about making sure they get the job done. They prove people right. They show that this is a team that can get over the hump. And they're not just another great team that failed to win a Super Bowl. They are a team that is capable of overcoming adversity, even though it's happened year after year after year. And they can still win a championship. And I think that's very interesting. And the fact that Sean Payton has gone out of his way to create a bubble for the Saints, I think speaks volumes, not just about the coach, but the way this team is taking this serious. And you know what? In a world, in a, in a place we live in right now where a lot of people aren't taking this virus seriously, I, you know, I tip my cap to the Saints for doing the right thing, for taking the right steps. And you know what? Maybe this football season doesn't go all the way. Maybe it gets you know, cut short and maybe things go out of control. But it won't be the Saints' fault, and they're proving it right now that they will not be responsible if things go south. They are doing everything they can to take care of themselves, and i got to give them all the credit in the world for that. Now, before I end this, a couple more things I want to talk about, and specifically, I want to talk about number nine. Let's talk about Drew Brees, and I know last couple months when I talk about Drew Brees, it usually has to do with the anthem comments or the fans and the way they've treated him. Lucky for you guys listening today, it has to do about neither. This has to be do about Drew Brees, the football player. And Drew Brees, the football player, who's been efficient, has been accurate, still one of the best in the game. One thing he hasn't done over the last two years is throw the deep ball. Hasn't really thrown it at all. In fact, most of his passes have been within 20 yards. It's been a condensed offense for the 41-year-old. And a lot of people thought, well, it's got to do with age. Well, you are not, you're not wrong. When you do get older, your arm strength obviously is going to deteriorate at that quarterback position. There are a couple of other factors that go into it. And Nick Underhill, the man uh, who really does give you the best Saints content out there for New Orleans football, he put out an interesting piece about Drew Brees you know, having some new discoveries this offseason. And Drew Brees obviously works with a couple of quarterback coaches, um, in particular Tom House, very interesting guy, really a baseball coach, but he's turned into one of the best um, just throwing coaches. We've seen him work with Brady. We've seen him work with Breeze. I believe he's worked with Tebow as well. Uh, just a really smart guy overall. He knows how to get the best out of his clients. And what we're seeing now, or at least what we're hearing, and I'll talk about what we're seeing in a sec, but what we're hearing now is that Drew Brees can throw 50 yards in the air and can get that arm strength back. And if those type of throws are back on the menu, as people like to say, the Saints offense is going to be absolutely lethal this fall. And I'll talk about that in a little bit. But what is what I really, really found interesting is that Drew Brees, not only is he throwing deep from what we heard, we're seeing on the videos that it's just coming out so smooth. There's no hitch in the throw. His thumb looks a lot healthier than it did last season, obviously, because that's something we all, you know, kind of swept under the rug. Yes, Drew Brees only missed five games and Drew Brees did come back and he still looked like a very good quarterback after his injury. But Let's not kid ourselves. That injury did affect his throws in terms of throwing the ball deep. You kind of take that off the docket because, again, this guy's playing with a thumb that's not 100%. And the fact that he still had such a good season with 27 touchdowns, only four picks, uh, 2,900 yards, what can you say about the guy? And now that he he does have his thumb fully healed, he's starting to have new discoveries where he can get the ball downfield more than he used to. And most importantly, the Saints have actually upgraded their personnel 
I think this is going to be an interesting offense. Now, this doesn't mean the Saints are going to just turn into some explosive juggernaut whether like the Chiefs. No. But what it means is you can throw the ball occasionally deep. And when you can throw the ball occasionally deep, it keeps the defense honest. And if you're going to keep the defense honest and they know that Drew Brees can still throw over the top, that means all that underneath stuff for Michael Thomas, all that underneath stuff for Alvin Kamara, all that underneath stuff for Emmanuel Sanders. Guys, that's opening up. It is opening up. And when that opens up, you're basically done. Your hands are tied and you're going to have to accept whatever fate you're going to have when you play the New Orleans Saints offense. And I really found this interesting that Nick mentioned, and I agree with him 1,000% here. Over the last two years, there's a correlation between Drew Brees not throwing the ball deep and the New Orleans Saints not having a really good deep threat. Ted Ginn in 2017 was still a really, really good deep threat. If you don't believe me, put in the tape, watch that Panthers playoff game, watch that Falcons game uh, in the Dome when the Saints towards the end of the half had a deep shot to Ted Ginn. Ted Ginn was really good his first year with the New Orleans Saints. The two years after that, not so much. So the Saints didn't really have a deep threat. And who are you throwing to? You're not throwing the ball deep to Michael Thomas. You're not throwing the ball deep at the time to Keith Kirkwood or Traquan Smith because he's either injured or unreliable at times. And Deontay Harris, while good, I don't necessarily know what package you're going to use him with. But now that Drew Brees can start to throw the ball deep, or at least that's what we're hearing, maybe you do get Deontay Harris involved. And even if you don't, how about an Emmanuel Sanders, who, by the way, on a deep route, find himself wide open in the Super Bowl. And if Jimmy Garoppolo hit him, you never know. Emmanuel Sanders might have won his second Super Bowl championship. So Emmanuel Sanders can still get the ball down. It can still run downfield and make plays uh, for the offense. Now, Drew Brees just has to get it to him, get it there to him. We've seen that. We saw Sanders against the New Orleans Saints, nonetheless, have a really big game with explosive plays down the field. So the fact that he's in that offense, that helps. Jared Cook can still get downfield. We'll see what Adam Troutman can bring to the table. Deontay Harris might be a weapon for them to use. So there's a lot of intrigue in the Saints offense. And another thing that adds to the intrigue of Drew Brees and whether or not he's rediscovered some things with his arms, guys, no OTAs, no minicamps. While that isn't great for most teams, for a guy like Drew Brees, that's a lot of less wear and tear on that arm. And we all said last year, we thought him missing time might have been a blessing in disguise because it's not so much on his shoulder. Forget about that. Not only does he get time off, it's it's not because of an injury. Where last year was because of the thumb. This is because, unfortunately, with the un you know the the unprecedented times we're in with with COVID nineteen, the Saints had that time off. And in that time off, I guarantee you, Drew Brees had more time to heal, more time to prepare, more time to get his arm ready. And maybe he's not going to throw sixty bombs, sixty yard bombs down the field. But is he going to throw 30, 40 yards through the air? I think that's a real possibility. And we haven't really seen that since the Brandon Cooks slash Ted Ginn days. So I think to have that back on the offense, it would open things up. It would really, really change things. And I think it would be interesting. And I showed you guys actually last year, I dropped that video. Um, and and I, you know what? I think I'm going to end up dropping it again for you guys so you could get a you know a clearer picture here. There was a throw that Drew Brees made in a Carolina Panthers-New Orleans Saints game, middle of the year. They, they ended up winning that game on a game-winning field goal. But during the game, Drew Brees throws an absolute beauty. Down the field to Ted Ginn Jr., Ted Ginn drops it, and the Saints end up kind of struggling on offense the next couple of drives to go out of sync. Ted Ginn catches that. He either has a touchdown or he's right at the goal line. So I think it's really interesting to see that the Saints have upgraded their personnel. Drew Brees is making an effort to throw the ball deep down the field. This team never stops working. He never stops working. Uh, and that's why I think Saints fans should expect big things from Drew Brees. Now, before I end up wrapping up this episode 
Uh, I want to talk about two more things briefly. I just want to talk about the roster, give you guys an update on who's been cut so far. Um, so the recent one was Taylor Stallworth, which was interesting. It kind of, you know, it stinks to be honest that he did get cut, but I think it's a testament to that Saints defensive line, how deep it is. You have Shai Tuttle, you have Malcolm Brown, you have Sheldon Rankins, you have David Onyemata, you have Malcolm Roach. I mean, this defense is so loaded, so talented. Uh, they just all have to put it together. They also uh, released Tazquan Mazel. Uh, an interesting running back. They released Chris Johnson, Adrian McGee, Tommy Lee Lewis, Maurice Harris. The Maurice Harris one kind of shocked me, to be honest. They also released Gus Cumberlander, uh, Ricky Ortiz, uh, Dietrich Nichols, and Chris Sean Hogan. Uh, so the Saints are actually at that 80 spot that they needed to be, uh, which was coming up. I believe August 16th was the deadline. I, I, I could be wrong there, but I believe it was the 16th. So the Saints have reached that 80-man 80, 80 spot. They're obviously going to have to get it down to 53 before the season begins. But they have time. That's until September 5th when they have to make those moves. So they're good on that front. Last thing I really wanted to mention, guys, before I wrap up this episode, the Saints, and I talked about it before. I said how they're not playing around. They're not kidding. If you read all these press clippings that you're getting from these Saints players, it is Super Bowl or bust. Teron Armstead said if they if they don't win the Super Bowl, they don't get to the Super Bowl, it's a failure of a season. Drew Brees, the one reason he came back, to win another Super Bowl. Michael Thomas, it's been Super Bowl expectations ever since I got here. Cam Jordan saying that the Bucs are fighting for second place means he thinks the Saints are that first place team. You are seeing, absolutely seeing, that this Saints team knows what they're playing for. They know what they're fighting for. They know what they're capable of doing because we've seen it over the last three years, guys. I know it's been stressful. I know it's been annoying and frustrating that they haven't gotten over the hump, but I don't think this is the year to pull the plug and say it's not going to happen. Heck, I think this year now more than ever, with so much uncertainty going on in the sports world, you pick a team that you know has good camaraderie, you know has enough talent, you know has good coaching, and you know has a good quarterback that can do what you need to do with the game on the line. I think the Saints are absolutely a team that needs to be in the running. The top three, top four teams uh, for Super Bowl odds absolutely put them in there. And like I said, when you have that mindset, from now, from day one, and you're proving with the way you're practicing, with the bubble, with everything that the Saints are trying to do, they're not kidding around. They know what the focus is. They know what the goal is. And that might be the thing that prevents a Saints team that usually starts off a little slow from getting out, you know, getting out of the gate pretty slow, from getting out of the gate hot now instead and actually starting off quick and not avoiding an early slump and having to play catch up in October. That could be the case. That really could be the case, guys. And I'm intrigued to see what happens with that Saints team, guys. But that's going to do it for this episode of the Straight Up Saints podcast, guys. I want to thank you all so much for listening to another episode here. Stay tuned for another interview on this podcast later this week. I'll drop that episode and give you guys an update when it will happen. Uh, but it's probably going to be around Thursday, August 6th. So stay tuned for that, guys. But thank you again so much for listening to the podcast. I hope you join the rest of your week. Hopefully we get more positive news for the NFL uh, with the season and what's going on. But I'll keep you guys updated on Twitter as always. So thanks again, guys. And who dat? <laughs>